0: Hello everybody, my name is Ken Fallon and today's show is another on Camp 11, yes I know, a year and a half ago, with Amber Elder about his thesis on politics. Hello, my name is Ken Fallon, and we're. at our camp is more or less over, and I'm here for my last. Well, probably my last interview. Sorry, I didn't catch your name. My name is Ambjorn Elder. So, how are you doing? What prompted you to come to our camp today?
1: Well, I wanted to come for a couple of reasons. One was to participate in this fantastic community, yes. and the other was because I wanted to take my research that I've been doing at the American University of Paris, and test it in front of an audience and then take the opportunity when I had a bunch of, let's say, self-identified geeks in one place to, to ask them some questions and see who they were and how plugged in they were to the community and to politics in general. So what's your thesis on? My thesis is trying to examine the attempts of the free and open source software community to influence public policy on technology issues at the international level. This involves also the national level and the local level as well. And my thesis is, my hypothesis is, that the Floss community is failing to influence the debate, to influence the effects of policy, to influence the, the content of policy, and that we can do better, that there are practical steps we can take that are based on the 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 experience of previous advocacy attempts
0: okay and where what areas do you think would be useful to influence when you say influence what exactly are are you talking about
1: i'm talking about the sharp end where laws are made so mm, i'm specifically focusing on acta the anti-counterfeiting trade agreement which was recently passed, uh, was recently, the negotiations were recently concluded and is, I still believe, in the process of being ratified Mm -hmm. by states around the world. And I was, and I'm trying to examine why organizations like the Electronic Frontier Foundation didn't have more of an effect when we have strong ideas, when we have uh, a worldwide community, and when The best interests of all of the parties, including the state parties and the industries that help to write the ACTA treaty, as well as us, the free and open source software community, all of our best interests are in a different treaty. Mm -hmm. Uh,
0: Can you just tell, I I know what ACTA is, but can you just tell the listeners a little bit, a quick two-minute summary of what ACTA is?
1: Boy, I'll try. Uh, ACTA is a trade agreement between multiple parties, including, most importantly, the United States, uh, and Europe, and Japan, Canada, Mexico. I'm, I'm not gonna. I'm not gonna make mistakes on it. So I'll stop there. The
0: a trade agreement that seems innocent enough, doesn't it?
1: There are many trade agreements. Many of them are productive and good. And and in fact, international trade is has been very good to our community. In this case, the name doesn't reflect the content of the treaty. What ACTA actually does is coordinate enforcement of intellectual property laws across these different nations. What that means is, uh, well, it does something quite radical, I believe, uh, subject to, to correction by the legal scholars, which I'm not, I'm, I'm a uh, political scholar. Yep. Uh, I believe it introduces a form of international law, uh, that is serving supposed and incorrect interests of of, of, of industry uh, that's a criminal international law uh, the the kind of international criminal international law has until this point been a matter of genocide mm-hmm. and crimes against humanity mass murder mass mm-hmm. rape and this is criminal internet because this has been international law on intellectual property for yeah, a long time. Yeah, yeah. This is criminal international intellect, law uh, on intellectual property, and this is a real new and strange development.
0: But surely it seems only right and proper that uh, you know counterfeiting of Gucci products and that sort of thing should be stopped at the border. I, I don't see any problem with this treaty," <laughs> it says he, uh, prompting uh, prompting some discussion. Hopefully.
1: <laughs> well, absolutely, there are parts of the treaty that I, th- I think are easier to defend than others. The, the part of the treaty that was most controversial was the part of the treaty dealing with, certainly most controversial in the Floss the community, was the part dealing with the enforcement uh, in the digital environment. Mm-hmm. I, have to, I have to sort of think back a little bit. About it. I'm ticking through the articles of the treaty in my mind. Uh, part of it is that it, it, it institutes... Extrajudicial processes. All right, putting aside the digital environment for a moment, it it institutes—excuse me—putting aside the digital environment for a moment, it institutes processes that are outside of the normal course of law.
0: Yeah, gotcha. Yeah,
1: and uh, outside of the normal course of law, and and therefore institutes a sort of a, a, a parallel legal system that only applies. To intellectual, in, intellectual property. property,
0: and I think okay, coming down to it, this is about movies. This is about um, record industry. This is about ah,
1: yes. I'm not an international law expert yet. Mm-hmm. the The word used in the treaty is phonograms, and if you go and look at the sources of the treaty, it applies. It's mm, it's very strange. Different sections of the treaty have different scope and and, and apply uh, to yeah. different kinds of things. In general, it references a very broad category of intellectual or a series of categories of internet intellectual property, including uh, mm-hmm. trademarks and copyright mm-hmm. and uh, patents and circuit designs and indications of origin. Yeah, yeah. Sorry, can you repeat the question again? So I'm not sure that but I'm, I'm just
0: wondering. Um, you know. What does it cover, actually? You know, from our point of view, is it, uh, is it just um, music? Is it, Or does it extend beyond that? Or is it, is it a wide bro- brush that, that covers lots of things?
1: That's a very complicated question to, to answer. In some cases, it covers a broad brush. In some cases, it doesn't. Uh, the way it's going to be... And there are many at least clauses where they say yeah, yeah. countries will at least institute a certain level of protection, but they may promote a higher level of protection yep. and all the, the the way in which it'll be realized will depend a little bit on the action of the ACTA committee, which will continue to to promote the the principles and discuss the principles of ACTA between members and perhaps in following trade agreements with but, other states. I'm sorry I, I No no known the, 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 the effect on the free and international, the, the free and open source software community is, I think, one more... It, it's the it's relationship that it establishes between government and ISPs, for example. This is the digital copyright section, uh, where ISPs are assuming, and you see this in other national laws that are being passed at the moment, uh, they're assuming the responsibility for the enforcement of other industries' intellectual property, just oh. as the government is assuming responsibility for enforcement uh, of intellectual property, whose, the responsibility for which perhaps should really lie in the industry themselves that can bring complaints about it. Uh, um, so this relationship has a... You, you worry about it having a suppressant effect on free speech because intellectual property... The, the subjects of inter- intellectual property are mostly artefacts of speech. Mm-hmm. They are mm-hmm. movies, as you say, music, yep. as yep. you say. Yep.
0: Uh, uh, would it extend to software at all?
1: It, into software.
0: Hmm. Because we don't have software patents in Europe, but well, would this give a de facto software patent then?
1: It, 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 it won't apply to software patents differently than it applies to any other patent. And I, I can't tell you. I'm sorry, I can't tell you exactly. I don't remember exactly where patents are specified in the treaty and not. As I say, mm-hmm. it goes in and out. Yeah. Uh, the, the, the point of my research is that when, pe- when people tried to influence the ACTA treaty, when the Electronic Frontier Foundation tried, when other groups, I can't remember who else they worked with, uh, but when, in general, the, the groups of our community tried to influence it. They found the decisions had already been made. Uh, that act was, of course, negotiated in secret, and by the time civil society came to the table, th- we couldn't get informa- any information about it, and we had a really hard time making sure that some more dangerous provisions didn't get included. So, what I'm focusing on is using all this previous experience, for example, of the environmental movement, because over many years they have successfully campaigned for things and they found ways of, of addressing themselves to the sharp end of politics, where decisions are made, which is often not in the frontline uh, decision makers, mm-hmm. but in the people who, who back them up and who support them, yep. who feed them ideas and opinions. And
0: get them re-elected. Absolutely.
1: Absolutely. Uh, there also are ways of exerting pressure international transnationally, so that when a movement has allies abroad. Mm-hmm. For example, recently, uh, this is not this is uh, aside from the act, but recently there was the the Sind law that was passed in Spain, mm-hmm. and the local. Uh, what
0: was that law?
1: I, I, be- I believe the Sindh law is is a version of one of these three strikes laws yes okay great. Yeah. Uh, and it was originally the subject of great uh, enormous number of campaigns, sorry excuse me originally it was the subject of campaigns within Spain, and the the organizations the advocacy organizations reached out, they used information that they got from Wikipedia to yep. change the conversation so that instead of uh, being an issue actually of the content of the law. The issue was that the law actually had been written by the U.S. Trade Authority mm-hmm. and therefore became an issue of, author- uh, of, of, of independence yep. of yep. the Spanish government. They reached out to the EFF. So this is one of the patterns that can be used by the free and open source software community to try and get what we want, to try and put pressure on people who are passing laws that change the nature of the Internet, yep. uh, which is so important to all of us. Unfortunately, the SIN law, although it was originally the, the first attempt to pass the SIN law, was a failure. The Spanish Parliament took a recess when they came back.
0: The law passed that, yeah. without any problems. And unfortunately, we, we see here in the UK as well, a, a law similar to that just got cleared in the in the cleanup.
1: It's happening all over the place. So
0: you your premise, I guess, is that you feel we're not doing well enough.
1: Right? I don't feel we're doing well enough. And... Most importantly, I think we can do better. Ah, and yeah, that there are clear about. methods for doing yeah. better. There is this, uh, uh, this boomerang effect, reaching outside of the country.
0: Yeah.
1: There are, uh, there, as I, I, I talked about, targeting the policymakers. Uh, yeah. There are framing strategies that one can take to make sure that where you're fighting the battle is where you have the best rhetorical arguments. Yeah. And that you're speaking the language... That people will agree with and understand what you're doing, and I'm not absolutely condemning the the the, the efforts of fantastic organizations. I just feel that some some quantit some 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 real research, mm-hmm. some some search for evidence of where the points of failure are, will help us to identify where we can use these proven techniques to help us get what we want. And that's what I hope will come out of my research.
0: Yeah, I think um, I, I think as a geek, uh, you know, the thing I have in common with everybody here is that we listen to podcasts and we're Linux guys. And, yeah. and I don't really want to bring my religion, religious beliefs and my political beliefs into it. Do you think that that is any factor on, you know, people not getting behind organizations that are promoting... You know, that we'll be able to act on change.
1: You're talking about other other belief systems aside from...
0: Well, no, just within the, within the free and open source community. We're here because we're into the free and open source community and we don't want to push political agendas or religious agendas or whatever. And in this case, it's a, relig- a political agenda. Yeah. Um, do you think maybe that's the reason why people don't get be- behind the Free Software Foundation to, or, uh, you know, fr- uh, organizations that can... Um, combat these trade agreements like Acton.
1: i think the real reason people don't get behind it is because they don't see how it applies to their lives and yeah. this is the job of advocacy making very clear connections between what a government does and the harm it does to the individual yeah. when that's when that's the strongest argument to make or talking about uh the loss of a resource, uh, as the environmental movement has done, yep. or talking about real principled ideas that the women's movement uh, appeals very directly to people's r- sense of right and wrong and justice, individual justice. Yep. And there are cases of all of these in our community. There's a, a great example from uh, the end of the last century when the the DCSS uh, algorithm uh, which was decrypting was was aimed mm-hmm. at dec- decrypting uh, oh no, I don't remember where I started the sentence. Uh,
0: DVDs, I guess. It's
1: yes, but I don't remember where I was going with it. Uh-oh. Not to worry. Okay. To worry. Anyway, I can't remember what it was an example of. You were
0: talking of. about um, women's movements and then this is a good example of at the beginning of the century.
1: In the women's movements, what did they do in the beginning?
0: That they, there was a sense of right and wrong.
1: Yes, right. So the, the example of the DCSS algorithm at the, the end of the last century in the late 1990s where an individual was arrested and prosecuted for having made an algorithm that seemed obviously an issue of free speech. And... This specific instance of injustice mobilized a huge number of people, and there were mm-hmm. creative, there mm-hmm. were brilliant responses, and, uh, uh, which defended him and eventually, obviously, resulted in the, the, the spread of the DCSS algorithm, and people on Linux can watch DVDs.
0: Okay, so you now we definitely have an example where we can definitely help.
1: Yes, and we have helped, and we've we've been successful in the past. I just want to see the spread, and I want to see our choice of strategies based on evidence.
0: Yeah. So why are you here this weekend?
1: I'm here this weekend to present these arguments to my fellow geeks for the first time and see how they play and try and uh, get examples and and get instances. And I've I've made a survey that I've uh, put online uh, with... um, with Lime Survey, mm-hmm. uh, and I'm trying to get the people here to, to fill it out and tell me a little bit about who they are, what their sense of politics is, so that I can use this, this example to build the argument about where the point of failure is in our community. Yeah. So I have some theories, but I, I want to I get the evidence.
0: And is this going to be limited to people here, or can we extend it to people who listen to, my po- to uh, this podcast here? I think what
1: I'd like to do is set up a second survey yeah. for the listeners of the podcast, so that I'm, I'm really eager to make sure, I'm intent to make sure that I don't blur boundaries, that I, I know who I'm talking to, I'm who yeah. I'm getting evidence from, so the evidence can be as strong as possible, so we get a good answer instead of a sloppy, fast answer.
0: Yeah, I'm, so I'm I'd be very interested in the results of your surveys anyway. Um,
1: yeah. okay, I'd be happy. I'm going to publish them online in a blog that I have yet to set up, but I, the, 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 the title that I've selected is Netizen of the World. I expect it will be on very WordPress. Nice. Very nice. Uh, and so, yeah, so the results, when they're available, will go there.
0: I think it's a very, very, very important topic, one that we've left a little bit on the back burner here in, uh, in the open source community. So um, I look forward to your show. Is there anything else I missed here on the, on the YouTube?
1: I don't think so. I, I just wanted to mention that there are, to emphasize again, that there are people doing really good work. Yeah. That there are people who, like uh, Simon Phipps, who talked at this, this conference, who have a great knowledge of politics and then how, uh, of how decisions are made. And I'm only looking to, to compliment and enhance their good work.
0: Fantastic. Okay, thank you very much. Uh, for the interview and as always you can tune in tomorrow for another episode of Hacker Public Radio
1: you have been listening to Hacker Public Radio at HackerPublicRadio.org we are a community podcast network that releases shows every weekday Monday through Friday today's show like all our shows was contributed by a HBR listener like yourself if you ever considered recording a podcast Then visit our website to find out how easy it really is. Hacker Public Radio was founded by the Digital Dog Pound and the Infonomencom Computer Club. HBR is funded by the Binary Revolution at binrev.com. All Binrev projects are proudly sponsored by Lunar Pages. From shared hosting to custom private clouds, go to lunarpages.com for all your hosting needs. Unless otherwise stated, today's show is released under a Creative Commons attribution, share alike, plead us license.